0: Content warning, this episode contains sensitive content surrounding racial violence that may be triggering and not suitable for some listeners.
1: What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans, share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. Hello, welcome to part two of the Phil Holland interview, where you will hear him talk about his healing journey and the issue of race in America.
0: I think I covered everything. That's that's what happened. And so fast forward to today or to March 2020 or April 2020 when I see George Floyd, that's about probably the 50th person I've seen this happen to. And before I was scared because the first two months, the first year, I didn't want to go outside at night. And for about three years, I couldn't sit in a car parked at night because that's the situation I was shot in. And so it was like terrifying for me to be in that situation again because I was always looking around. I had these weird thoughts like, what if they come back and try to kill me this time because they want to silence me or some crazy stuff like that. Not that it's that crazy, but, you know, I was kind of letting my imagination run wild. So I didn't want to tell the story. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to sit in my house, focus on recovery and just be left alone and only part of that i regret is again not talking to anybody about it or not even like you know sharing it in any way besides with close friends and family and so yeah like i said george floyd was a tipping point that's when i made my instagram again back in june july because i deleted it the first time around after it happened stuck with facebook but that was that was it so i made another instagram in june july with the intent of uh, sharing the story. And that's August, September was the first time I posted pictures publicly or shared them, but my face being wrapped up. My car shot up, you know, the news reporters took a picture of it when they got to the scene, a picture of my leg of how I was in the hospital with like my nose and just all that is on my Instagram and it was hard for me to share it. But like I said, part of it, for telling the story is, you know, I didn't have to, but part of it to me was giving a visual. Because a lot of times when I told the story to people for the first time, they wouldn't believe me because people look at me and think that there's no way I've been shot in the face. Cause yeah, they can see the scar right here. They can see my eye. When I say it, they can kind of notice a little bit that it looks different, but not somebody, maybe somebody that's that was born that way or had a minor injury, but not somebody that got shot with a bullet in the face. And I'm like, yeah, it happened. And so those pictures were part of like, okay, this, this is it. Like, this is what it looks like. And, um, Something I'm I'm working on is like my eye itself. Like I'm kind of sensitive about that because to me, not that I was the prettiest person in the world, or whatever. But I thought that I was cute, and now, not that I think I'm ugly anymore, but I just don't like. I'm never gonna be okay with what I look like in a way. I'm 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 I've accepted, it, but I want to look like the way I did before. And so now, when I look at you know, people I. It's weird, but I see they don't have any scars on their eye and both eyes look normal. That's the face they're born with. And I know that's weird, but I'm just, I, I'm not jealous, but I'm just irritated by that because I want my face to be the way it was, just normal. Um, but that's something I have to deal with. I, I'm still dealing with it in the, terms of, in, the, in, the, in the sense that if you look at my Instagram or my Facebook, especially people that know me that have noticed it, All my pictures either have glasses on, it's either far away if my full face is in it, or my face, if it's close up. my face is to the side, my good side. And that was because I didn't want people to see what I look like, because I was ashamed of it. And so, you know, that's something I'm, six years later, seven years later, I'm still like, not unable, because I'm working on that and I'm about to do it any day now. I've been saying that for months, but you know, whatever but I'm still working on just posting a picture of myself and just showing the world who I am. Not that anybody cares like that. Like it's not that big of a deal. Cause I'm pretty sure when I do it, people are gonna say, you look fine. Cause that's all I've heard for the past six years. People that have seen me in person who know the story or have found out you look fine. You don't even look like, you know. So I think it's just a matter of perspective cause you know, we're our own harshest critics. So I think it's just me, but it is just me. It's a mental thing, but I have to get past that. Cause I'm the one that's living in my own head so that was another aspect of it just learning to focus on my eye and the last part of it was therapy like the first four years i didn't feel like i needed therapy because like i'm okay like i'm not crying about it every night i'm wondering why it happened and sure some nights i get you know a little down about it But i'm not crying i'm not like depressed like that i'm not like you know for somebody that that's happened to, it, I'm I'm okay. So I felt like if I need to talk about it, I could just talk to my mom or my family or friends about it, which I did. But I didn't realize at the time <clears throat> that therapy is more than just you know paying somebody to listen to you, which is what I thought it was. I'm just like not that I don't believe in it because I know for some people it works. I knew that before, but for me personally, I just felt like I don't need that. I'm I'm okay, and I didn't realize how wrong I was until 2019, because. Um, the fact that i didn't go to therapy i feel like ruined not ruined but like affected some relationships negatively um there were some techniques cuz a side effect of me being hit in the spot of the brain that i was at was that i get irritated easily i don't want to blame it on that but you know i do have not mood swings but like I'm, I'm i was laid back anyway but now i can get irritated easily sometimes not as much anymore but i don't like people talking to me too much like over and over again if somebody takes up my time a lot and I wanna leave, like i get irritated. Not rude, but like irritated. I don't know if that's an effect of the accident. It is to extent, but that could also be me just growing up. Who knows, but that was, you know, a small part of it also. And um forgot where I was going with that. Um, another side effect of it was, you know, when I talk a lot, it hasn't happened until just now, but when I talk a lot, I'll sometimes forget my train of thought. And that never happened before I got shot. So I think that's something to do with the brain or whatever. But if I talk a lot and I go off to a tangent, I will never remember what I was talking about. Like it takes the person I'm talking to to say, you were talking about this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. And so that's part of it. You know? Um, yeah,
1: you're talking about therapy. Oh, Maybe right. Yeah.
0: I always laugh when people remind me because I'm just like, how do I forget these things? Mm-hmm. But yeah, therapy. Um. For those listening that's another part of the story of my story you know you might think that therapy is um like useless or you know this person doesn't and that's the thing part of it is finding the right therapist because not every therapist is going to do it for you but i wanted to and i didn't like it and i had to look for one that was really for like not for me but like i felt good with and uh probably part of it was not to say white people can't relate to my accident because my coach this past summer was white and she related to it or she understood it. But the first two therapists were white. So this time in 2019, I looked for a black therapist that would probably be more, you know, either aware or understand what I'm going through, what I'm talking about. And so the one I got just happened to have been, happened to have a, had a son that was in the military. And so she was able to, and he didn't die, but he got shot too. Not by police in the military, but she kind of, you know, understood me better. And so when I was in therapy, I said a lot of things that some things that I'd been thinking and some things that I never even thought about that just came out in therapy. Cause she let me talk freely and some things just came out. And I never thought that therapy worked like that. So, you know, one thing I would say is therapy, if you need it and if you can afford it, I would say do it because it's like it's it's it helped a lot. And I'm still working on certain things. I'm not perfect, nobody is, but I'm still working on some things. But, you know, therapy, if I wish that I had done it as soon as I got to the hospital or at least like before I got back to work six months later or whatever. So my advice to people listening is like, therapy is not just for white people or therapy for white people. Therapy is not useless. It's it's a real thing people are trained to, bring certain things out of you that'll help you with the situation you're in so um Mm.
1: that's
0: part of it and lastly the other part is you know for people who look like me you know this can happen i don't want to say this can happen to you and scare people but if i'm just sitting there working delivering pizza not doing anything not hurting anybody and i still get shot in the face and there's no way to avoid it, really. It's like the way, I, the way it happened to me, there's no way I could have avoided it besides sitting there and hoping that I don't get shot. And I found out later on, like I told you, I didn't know what they were wearing. I just saw all black. Ironically, they're looking for a guy who's wearing a hoodie. I found out later on that the cops who shot me had hoodies on. They had black hoodies and khaki shorts on. So if I had seen that, I still wouldn't have sat there and didn't have the badges out. Because the eyewitness later on said they didn't have the badges out until after backup got there. And no, nothing was said. I just they just approached me and shot me. So they lied to the news about what happened, and I'm sure we've seen it happen a lot. So if they, if I would have died, they got they would have got away with it. But you know, um, also for black people who look like me, it can happen to anybody. So you got to be vigilant, and also appreciate every day like it should last because you know that day I talked to my mom that day, and it was a regular conversation. Me and my mom don't argue. Um, not that a lot of people do, but some people argue with their parents. Never, I'll give my mom. Like I said, she's almost my best friend. Sometimes, so we had a regular conversation that day, probably five minutes, and neither of us knew that that could have almost was the last time we talked. And my mom, until about two years ago, was calling me every single day, like every single day because of what happened. So I would say, cherish what you got now and live—not live every day like it's your last, because that would be, you know, physically and financially taxing, but. Just as far as like how you treat people and how you think and how you, you know, move and how you how hard you work. Besides living it like it's your last, that'll benefit you in the long run, obviously working hard and, you know, telling people that you love them and not holding on to things and not, you know, holding grudges and all that. Um, you could be going tomorrow, like I almost was. And. You know, so you just want to make sure that whatever day you're living you want to make sure that it's the way i think sometimes not and i'm not going to act like i do this every single day because i'm human too but a lot of times i think okay if today's my last day what i want it to be like or what do i want to do or if this is the last person I, last time i talked to this person what i want to say to them so there are male friends that i say i love you too and people might think that oh that's gay mature people will say that's normal that's fine but to me i had to learn that after a while, cause it's just like today could be my last day. So I gotta tell you guys, I love them. My best friends and people that have been there for me in the hospital, people that I've known since high school that were there that that messaged me. And to this day, every now and then, not as much anymore, obviously, but to this day. So check up on me every, every two months, every couple months, or every year or so. You know, I love you, dude. Like it's, it's, I'm not gonna go and not say that because it's true. So, you know, you know for men listening to this, Nothing wrong with telling a guy you love them because it's not like that. Obviously, like, I don't even feel like saying all that because I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. Um, mm. But um, and then uh, one last thing for white people, you know, or not just white people. There's also Mexican and Asian people that are racist, too, against black people, you know, you just heard my story. So not everybody has to be doing something to get shot. I wasn't doing anything and I have no record to this day. I have no record. I don't. I'm not in the streets. I don't do anything for me to even be in a position to hurt anybody. I'm more of a homebody than anything. And this happened to me still. So I I'm tired of hearing, oh George Floyd had fentanyl, or you know, uh, what's his name, Jacob Blake ran to his car, or Walter Wallace had a machete. I don't care about that. They still don't deserve to get shot and killed. If you want to shoot them, now I I had a podcast where I talked. I spoke to two cops. And I brought this point up, like, why not shoot in the leg, which is what a lot of people say. And they told me that cops are trained that way to kill first and ask questions later, which to me is like, unless you have to, which I've seen cases where you have to kill the person. Maybe not have to, but like, I see why it happened that way. But in the case of Walter Wallace, where he's swinging a machete in Philadelphia, a block away from where I used to live, with my girlfriend, by the way, I recognize the street. Crazy that it was right there. But he's swinging a machete with his mom behind him. So obviously he's not that crazy to where he's a danger to anybody around him because his mom is holding him while he's swinging a machete and the cops are several feet away from him and they decided to shoot him in the chest several times. Couldn't hit his mom, by the way. But besides that, you definitely had time to shoot at his legs and incapacitate him that way. If the taser didn't work, which I don't know if they tried that, but it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing, Oh, he was doing this or you don't do that. And a lot of my mental illness patients, you know, who the people call for help and the cops come and then they die. I'm tired of that.
1: hmm It's really backwards. I'm
0: tired, of, I'm tired of people saying, okay, well, he shouldn't have done this and that. Like, there's even Charles Kinsey. There's one. He was sitting on the highway or sitting on the road and his nurse, the person that was in charge of watching him, he ran out the, the, the institution or whatever, sitting in the middle of the road and his nurse sitting next to him, a white nurse. I think it was a male too, and this Charles Kinsey is a, a big black guy, kind of thick, big. I don't say fat. And the cops are, from a distance away, telling him to put his hands up. I think he did put his hands up and he got shot anyway. Even if he didn't put his hands up, he's sitting in the road, not doing anything and he gets shot anyway. I dare anybody to sit there and explain to to me why that was justified. Somebody sitting down. And, you know, one last thing I wanna say, I know we gotta wrap up, but people deny white privilege usually before what happened on the capitol 2 weeks ago or 3 weeks ago i would have said white privilege is not something that everybody can see it doesn't mean that you're rich it doesn't mean that you know you're automatically benefiting because you're white by having money or by having access to certain things but that is what it is cuz you don't realize it because you don't have to worry about it because you're getting that and it's normal to you but for black people a lot of us are treated a certain way because we're black or looked at a certain way or followed around the store even not being followed around the store is an example of white privilege. People don't think that, but it is. People want to deny it, but this is the truth. Being hired because your name is John, as opposed to Malik, that's white privilege. Walking down the street, and you know, this hadn't happened to me, but this is just an example. People see you, you have a hood up and you're black. They walk across the street because they think you might be do something. Whereas if you're white with a hood up, maybe they'll still cross the street because the hood up, but some people wouldn't because you're white. That's white privilege. And white privilege, the reason I say that, because now I don't give those definitions anymore or that those examples, because white privilege is being able to storm the Capitol and not get shot unmasked, murdered unmasked. Because we've all said it. If it was all black people that had stormed the Capitol, it had been a wrap. And they would have all died right then and there. Not all of them, maybe, but more than, I think, five people, I think, would have died. So, I mean, that's why it feels right there. So, I mean, I have a lot more to say, but, you know, I kind of got to. Yeah. I mean, that's my story. Uh, that's why I share it. Because uh, one last thing I'll say, the last thing I'll say is I had a coach over the summer that kind of brought me out of the, the little depression I was in during, during the pandemic. Because I had time to kind of think about everything that would have happened to me. George Floyd happened and it reminded me of all that. So my coach told me that, you know, I had a coach. And she gave me a story about whether I should share my story or not. And I felt like, you know, who's going to care? It was six years ago. It's not like um, I'm fine. Like, Who's going to care about my story right now? And she told me that. There's a story about a boy, not a true story, but just, you know, one of those anecdotes or whatever, there's a story about a boy who was on the beach and there's this, the beach is littered with starfish for whatever reason. And the boy is throwing the starfish in the ocean one at a time. And there's millions of them on the beach. And so a man walks up to the boy and says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm saving the starfish. I'm saving all these starfish. And the man says, how are you going to save all these starfish? You're only human and there's about a million starfish here. You can't throw them all back into the ocean. And the boy doesn't say anything. He responds by picking one up and tossing it back into the ocean. And he says, you see what I just did? The man says what he says i just saved one i just saved one he picks up another one two picked another one that's three you "You see what i just did i just saved three of them so not who cares but what does it matter if i can't save a million if i can say one two three four five six seven eight and he sits and keeps throwing and says it ten eleven and then the time that you're sitting there trying to discourage me i've saved 15 starfish Probably could have saved more if he didn't distract me, but I've saved all these starfish. And I'm going to save plenty more because I'm dedicated to this. So that's kind of what I think about when I share my story. Like, who's going to care? Who's going to listen? Who's going to really get anything from it? doesn't matter if there's a million people listening. There's going to be at least one person that learns from this or benefits from it in some way. And if I did that already, then it's a mission success. And I'm going to keep doing it because that's what I'm trying to do. Have people learn from it. Whether it's people that look like me, like I said, or white people that think the way they do, I'm not going to save them. I'm not saying I'm saving them, but opening their eyes to something they're not aware to. So,
1: it's a lot to digest.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Sorry, I should probably should have took a break a little bit. But...
1: <laughs> That's okay. I just want to thank you so much for sharing and using your voice to share your experience with whoever's listening. I know it's a lot for you, even though you said you've had shared it a, a lot of times. But just like hearing you share your story and I'm able to like imagine everything that you're saying, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's a different feeling than just like reading about it on the news or social media or like watching yeah. a video. Like hearing you share your story like piece by piece, step by step, like I said earlier, really like tugs at your heart. Mm-hmm. You did answer a lot of questions that I had. One question I do want to ask is... Um, Are you a spiritual person?
0: Yes, I was before, but even more so after. Um, Because the nature of how I was shot, like I said, not just the femoral artery, because I should have, I would say should have, but could have easily died from that. And then not just that, but in the face thing. Like, I didn't know bullets can enter your face. I thought they would just go clean through and kill you. I didn't know they could bounce around your face and then get lodged on the other side of it from where it entered. Um, But you know, I think I I don't want to say everybody that gets shot and killed is a bad person, because that's not true. But I feel like sometimes I think maybe it was because I'm a good person at heart. Maybe it was because I meant to do something more. And it was my time. And again, not to say that it was their times other people have been shot and killed. I, I, I don't know, but to answer your question, yeah, I am spiritual in a sense, um, because it's kinda hard not to be after that. But I already was before that just kinda increased it and strengthened it.
1: You're right. And it is hard to like wrap your head around like the why me part of it. Yeah and just like the purpose behind that. I think probably um is that like a challenging thing for you? Just knowing um you survived and then there's so many other people who didn't.
0: Yeah, that's that's the part that made me feel ashamed that I hadn't shared it sooner. Because I survived and could tell the story, I'm not gonna say I could have saved one of those people that was shot and killed. But who knows? Even just one, if I could have just like gone gone public, like who knows what would have happened if I had gone public? It, it would have been, I would have, like I said I was before Eric Garner, so that would I would have been the first of a long line of people that were shot by police and almost killed or killed. And who knows if I went public? It's hard to say that I wouldn't have at least affected the dynamic in some way if I really would have went public with it and really just spread the news everywhere. It's hard to say that I couldn't change anything.
1: Definitely. It is hard to say. It's like, um, I was going to say something. I also have like short term, I don't know where it's from, but I have short term memory loss.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't think I don't that's the accident, but it didn't happen <laughs> after that. But that's a lot of people, when I told people that, they said, I'll do that too. So I think it's more normal than anything, but.
1: Oh I'm like, this is this is bad. Um Yeah, I think that if you did go public, it definitely would have changed the dynamic. Like you said, like when you did you were face to face with the cops and they were like mad at you. I think their intent was to kill you with our new perspective. And like when you did message me, you said you were shot at fourteen times. So that's not yeah. just a shot to like bring you down to the ground or whatever. That's like out to right. kill.
0: Shot at fourteen and miraculously only hit twice that's that's god yeah so i mean guardian angel god however you want to put it, the universe fate Mm, whatever your creed or religion is it's hard not to think that this is just like uh he just got lucky like i did but um, i think it's worth it yeah i'm still trying to figure out what i'm here for besides my daughter because she's perfect i wish she was here well not really because she'd be interrupted but um, she's just perfect and I've she's seen everything. Pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. So you see that. So she's everything that I wanted oh, I imagine wow. a, a, a daughter would be. So um if it's not her, if I wasn't meant to, you know, raise her and turn her into something that's gonna change the world or be something great, I'm still in the process of figuring out what I'm still here for. Um, but like I said, I'm like everybody else. I'm still high my insecurities. I have I'm trying to figure things out.
1: Mm-hmm. So What messages do you have for your daughter, like, when she gets older, as far as the dynamic between race and America?
0: Hopefully it's different by then, but it won't, because it's been about, more than this, but obviously about 150 years. Well, really, it's been 400, but as far as modern day times, as far as racism, the way it is today, it's been about 150 years. Mm -hmm. Segregation, all that stuff. So, me, the way I am, I'm a street shooter. I don't really like to beat her in the bush for most things, unless it's absolutely necessary for whatever reason. And I'm not going to scare her or anything like that, but I will tell her the truth. Like, literally, like when I got on Instagram to see your message, before I got on, the first post I saw was before I opened your message today, it was, you know, how this girl from High School Musical, the one with the bandana on her head, I forget her name, I don't know her name, but they didn't know how to do her hair. So she had, that's why she had a bandana all the time. And it became mm-hmm. a part of her character because they didn't know how to do her hair. That's not racism, but that's just a lack of accounting for people that aren't white. Like why doesn't a TV, st- a TV studio or a TV set from Disney have people that know how to do black hair?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She only got white people there. Why is there only white people there? because of our country's history which i can't get into now but that's a lot is systemic racism that leads to white people being in positions of power or being everywhere that black people aren't so now it's like some hair done like because nobody knows how to do it
1: it's ridiculous it's just one example yeah
0: so what i'm going to tell my daughter early on not just negative things like that but that she has to appreciate herself and know that she's not ugly she's not a monkey or she's not what people might call her in school, hopefully not, because I will raise hell, I promise you. I'm not even joking, but to 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 help her be aware of herself and who she is, realize that she is beautiful, because she is. But, you know, it's very easy for a child to not think that about themselves, just based off of other people's words.
1: Right.
0: So I plan on teaching her, me and her mom, because her mom's on the same wave on that too, teaching her about her hair, because she had a lot of hair, appreciative of it, and realizing that she's just she's gorgeous and that nobody can change that no matter what they say and in fact people say something about that is because they're jealous or they're mentally because i consider racism not necessarily mental illness but it's kind of like this phenomenon where people if they're not raised that way which is why a lot of people are so racist today it's just like joining in with other people that look like you and hating other people because those other people that look like you are doing that so you do it too Mm -hmm. and so
1: to learn learned behavior. It's a mental problem for
0: sure. Yeah. Whether it's by, by your parents or by watching other people. And I've seen classmates that I thought were normal people in high school. Now all of a sudden they're at Trump rallies and I'm just like, wow, that's, that's surprising. Cause we were cool in high school. So, you mm. know, not if you're a Trump supporter, if you were a Trump supporter in the past that you're racist or you don't like black people. But at this point in the past couple of months, doesn't mean that, but it still means that you clearly are okay with what Trump stands for.
1: Very, very optimism. obvious. Mm-hmm.
0: Not that he's relevant anymore because he's out of there. So I'm not even going to talk about that. But to answer your question, that's going to teach my daughter that you know the world isn't a fair place. It's not what you think it is. It's not all peaches and roses. It's not kindergarten or school like everybody's equal and normal and happy together. The real world is very not segregated the way it was, but segregated still in a way, mentally at least.
1: Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure.
0: There's a lot of still a lot of problems that we. I'm planning on teaching her the history of this country, so she knows exactly what she's in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was in. Not that it would have you know made me better or whatever, but it probably would have helped in a way. So I plan on. She's going to be smart. She's going to be. I plan on having her know very early what it is, and hopefully that's. What, I don't want to say for better or for worse. Like I, I care. Hopefully it's for better, but mm-hmm. I think it's for the better because why have your child in the dark like that about the truth
1: yeah especially something like
0: that it'll definitely help exactly. her. i don't know what age i should do that but i'll think about that she just turned three so there's not gonna be no time soon probably five years from now mm-hmm. when well, she's old enough to ask me questions especially questions pertaining to what i'm talking about then i'll definitely know this is the time to talk to her about everything mm-hmm. not all at once but over the course of you know depending on certain things at, depending on what her age is she'll know what i went through obviously why i went through it or why it happened to me. And hopefully it's not so going on by then. But if it is, and she sees it in the news eight years from now or five years from now, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'll obviously explain to her because she's a child, but I won't sugarcoat it or hide things from her because I don't think that's how. Well, I don't know. I'm a new parent, so I can't really speak on that. But I think kids or parents should be honest and not shield their kids from the truth because I feel like that makes you stronger.
1: No, oh, absolutely. And I did want to touch on your healing journey, which you've mentioned, you know, with um therapy and mental health. And even like your mental health as a man and as a man of color. I think it's awesome that you're able to connect with a black therapist and have that relatable piece of her son and you going through similar experiences.
0: That that helped a lot. Yeah. And like I said, therapy is not useless like I thought it was. It's actually very... Um, I was looking forward to going back after the first, second time because I got, felt different and I felt better about certain things. Like one thing I said, I didn't mention this earlier, but you know, because of the way I got shot in the face, I feel like I might have... If I don't die early, God forbid, I don't want to speak it into existence, but I feel like you know, I'll have, I might have dementia or something when I'm older. Mm. I might have some type of something it might come back in the future to bite me in some way or i might have a seizure and like i have all these crazy thoughts
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um therapy didn't erase those thoughts because they're my thoughts but it helped me cope with them
1: right and there's such so, a stigma with therapy in that's what
0: i'm saying i didn't even have this stigma i didn't believe that therapy is only for white people i believe that therapy was useful just not for me and i was wrong about that too mm-hmm. yeah
1: Right, this will be my last uh, question. I, we are like way over time. I have listened to your past the episodes you've had on other podcasts. The interesting podcast that I, or episode that I listened to was the one where you spoke with the former police officers. Like, what was that like? And how did you feel during and after the interview?
0: See, well, yeah, I've gotten a lot. I've gotten that a lot, actually. Um, they were not, I didn't think they were going to be, but I figured there was a possibility that they might, defend the cops that shot me or sided with them in some way and everything they said was more or less fair like that all they did was explain from their perspective why cops do what they do they never said that it was right or that they were justified they said they were wrong they've had the same you know sympathy that you did or other people have and they actually kind of taught me some things like they like I said they taught me that I didn't know you really listened to what I mentioned earlier but they like I said they they mentioned how you know it wasn't right, but they did it because they're trained that way. And that's obviously a problem. Like if they're trained that way, then it's not all their fault. It's also the institution that's training them to kill people basically. Um, And one of those cops, the, the, I don't know if there's a video to it, but one of them, uh, he has a class in Boston and he asked me to go speak to them to, to not go, but like, you know, on zoom speak to them about my experience and just kind of share what I learned and, and, and you know, what I learned about history and all that stuff and so they definitely were not racist or anything they weren't you know and everything they said was fair so I uh you know that that's actually one of when I think of all the podcasts I've only done about I think this is my ninth one or tenth I've been not, I saw I stopped keeping track but that that one and the one I did on the day of the Capitol riot actually those two were my favorites because uh it was, not because of what I said or anything that they said, just because of the nature of the fact that it was two cops as different. Mm-hmm. And even they were able to see how egregious my story was and that I didn't do anything to get it, to deserve it. Again, not that anybody does, but you know, I'm just saying like, it was just so crazy. So.
1: Right. Yeah. Just perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, And I did listen to the one you did with on surviving twenties with Bria, Alicia,
0: Oh, yeah, the Capitol. That was the one that happened on the day of the Capitol. Yeah. And I, oh, it wasn't like I was that angry, but that day, I don't even know if I really got into I I told him the story, but I didn't really go into it like I did with you because we also it was short, it was shorter, but it was also we talked about the Capitol because it was literally happening. It was ongoing as yeah. we were doing the
1: cool.
0: I got to saw it on the news right then and there, and about two hours later I was on the podcast. Mm.
1: So
0: I was it's, like I energy luckily about Donald Trump. Cause I had my opinions obviously, but that was the first time I really, maybe the second, third time, but really said something like graphic or not graphic, but really said something out there. Like he's a clown and and, and said some things that I don't want to repeat here, but I meant what I said. And I, I, you know, it's not like I shied away from it, but you know, when I did the podcast, I was already on 10. I was already ready to like just cut somebody out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know if you could hear the anger in my voice, but I was like very angry.
1: You were definitely ready.
0: At the clear example of white privilege, at the fact that they were able to do that and just some of them got arrested. One guy, like he didn't eat vegan food and he was complaining about it in jail. And then the next day he got his vegan food or vegetarian food or whatever it was. No black person in America Ooh. is gonna go to Asian and get arrested, complain about what food they're getting and get it.
1: White privilege.
0: That, would, that was an example I forgot earlier. Mm-hmm. guy that was sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk that stole her mail,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he gets to spend the rest of his, uh, until his trial date or whatever it is, he gets to spend it at home instead of in a jail cell. I heard that. Again, That's... no black person is going to sit there and get that benefit.
1: Mm-mm.
0: For people that want to look it up, just Google reconstruction. That was an eye-opener. Or just Google Reconstruction is what I would say Google because it really opens your eyes as to what was going on. And then it makes the capital riot make a lot of sense because it's called, they call it white lash, where when people, white people or people in power, which who are white mostly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they see a status quo kind of change or they see them losing power, or when they see something they oppose, which is like, you know, African-Americans being advanced or being recognized as equal or mm-hmm. anything positive, they respond with white lash. In the past, a lot it's been violence. KKK is a good example of that cuz they were born from white hatred towards black officials. So the KKK was literally born to go and attack and kill black officials to take power back. Literally. I don't know if people know that. I knew about the obviously everybody knows what the KKK is, but as far as where they were originated in Tennessee and why, mm-hmm. literally cuz they were tired of being governed by black people and so they formed KKK K uh, sorry K wasn't the first, it was just the most famous.
1: Mm-hmm. I forget
0: what the one called was called. It was like the, the I forget what it was, but the KKK was just a, it was the third and most most famous and most widespread. Literally born from the desire to kill black officials because they were they didn't feel like black people should lead the country in any way. How crazy is that? Think about that. They formed the KKK to kill black officials. Now they weren't storming the Senate the Capitol to kill black officials, but they were upset because their white supremacist leader wasn't gonna be there anymore. So they resorted to violence. My point is violence is very American. What we saw at the Capitol, right, is very American. It's not like I was surprised by it, but reading that history, I wasn't surprised after that. It made a lot more sense. And with that being said, as far as white lash and white people reacting to black progress. It's not, I used to think about how in the hell did we get from Obama to Trump? Mm. That's not a coincidence that we got somebody like him, a black man that was, didn't fit the stereotype that white people think a black man should be, spoke eloquently. I don't know if, I don't think there was any controversy, but I think there were some things people didn't like, but what president is perfect? Somebody that was eloquent and, and really represented what a president should be. We got a black man that did that and then we get Trump.
1: You're right.
0: That wasn't a coincidence. That was an example of White Lash. Or what Sean calls the dip, which is if there's progress in black people, there's always the dip after that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see that progress. So that's what Trump represented. He was the dip. He was White Lash. He was, <clears throat> I'm not going to go into that because I'm going to just get angry all over. <laughs> it.
1: Wow. No, thank you for that. I feel like really and latent all of a sudden. Thank white you. lash and violence is every american that's how our country started
0: Both and like- i just learned white lash my last podcast i did last week i it was actually a podcast i was it was a i was a return guest first time i did a podcast for a second time and they're the ones that told me that term white lash and i was like that makes that that's perfect for things like the Capitol riot or mm-hmm. all the violence in america against black people like that's perfect white lash white but lash. white lash you know so fred hampton leader of the Black Panther Party, White Lash. The bombing of the, of the in Oklahoma, post Oklahoma, a whole neighborhood bombed where they knew Black Panther people, Black Panther parties and Black people lived, just straight up killed by the government. Whoa. This isn't in our textbooks, by the way. I didn't learn all. Now in GS, I'm going to GSU now, in college now I'm learning about it because it's like part of the curriculum of African American studies or US history. Mm -hmm. But you don't learn this in high school. And the thing I want to say is because we're younger, I don't want to hear that because i was 17 i knew what racism was i knew what slaves were so i could have learned about our country's history and they purposefully for example mlk's pictures and textbooks they make it black and white to make it seem like it happened a long time ago mm-hmm. i learned that out of high school i was just like wow not that i fell for it because i know what 1963 is compared to what 2011 or 2009 is mm-hmm. i know 35 some odd years but to some people who wouldn't think about that, it's like, oh, this happened way back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. No, parents lived through it. My mom was born the year JK was assassinated, 10 years after Emma Kay was assassinated. So her, my grandmother, lived through segregation. And my great-grandmother was probably a slave. I don't know, because I don't know my, I, don't, I didn't do ancestry.com. I don't know for a fact. But my great-grandmother and possibly my great-grandmother were probably slaves. I don't know. But a lot of people know that their grandmothers and grandparents were slaves. And that's crazy to me. It is. It was a long time ago, it really wasn't. In the grand scheme of things, 150, 150 years is a long time, yes. But in terms of America's history, that's like yesterday, that's like the other day. Mm -hmm. That's like like the other day.
1: And they're like changing up the curriculum now for history.
0: For example, GSU, right now I'm taking US history we started a reconstruction and now we're into the great depression, but it was very bare, very, this is what happened. This is what white people did. They killed black people strictly because they didn't want to see them in government.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's egregious, but it's the truth. And we need to know that mm-hmm. for those white people that deny it or deny, Oh, everybody's equal. If you just work hard, you'll get whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. But it's also not that simple. It's really not. Yeah. Anybody who wants to Google it, just Google reconstruction, Google just Google it, really. It's 2021. You know how to Google Just Google it.
1: Google construction. It makes it make sense for all things that it, don't make
0: sense. Yeah, it really, it really does. I don't want to be smart about that, but it's just like, I've gotten messages from people that have listened to podcasts and asked me questions and I'll answer them, but it's just like, you can Google it and really, <laughs> I could not only to be smart, but also like, you can really, obviously Google will explain way better than I can. I'm do just your never, own research. Yeah, do your own research. It's 2021. Google is free, I believe. So... <laughs> Like I'm not trying to be smarter or being asshole. I'm just saying, like, not to say people shouldn't ask me. Please, actually, please inbox me. Ask me whatever you want. I'm just saying, like, you can really learn a lot by googling and seeing these articles that I'm seeing because a lot of it is web pages. My teacher uses in the online classes It's just web pages, so it's all online. You could corner the internet. It's all right there.
1: Yeah, you're not a resource. You are a person who like has answers yeah. but Google's the resource
0: the people who deny it it's just like i don't know why because it's right there on the internet it's right there for all of us to see so
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know yeah like i said the construction and um one last thing i want to say is for people who want to see what i'm talking about you know my face being wrapped up or my my leg or me being in the hospital or you know all that stuff um mm-hmm. uh, i
1: socials out there
0: yeah it's it's um it's uh phil holland my name is P-H-I-L-H-O-L-L-A-N-D. so phil holland with two underscores that's just so people can see what i'm talking about because like i said i've gotten some messages and people like they'll some people i at the first couple podcasts i didn't get my instagram and people found me by looking up my name on instagram or facebook and they would google me and ask me hey uh you know are you okay like this is crazy i heard about it and so now i like to give my instagram out so people don't have to like you know find me whatever or google me i like to give that out so people can just go see whether it's you want to see what happened or see what I'm up to now. Um and like I said I'm in school, I'm in work, I'm pretty normal but I draw also so I'm trying to get into drawing again. Um it's only cuz I don't have the time as much. I love basketball, I like anime, I like I'm normal. Like, I like, I like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different things. I watch Game of Thrones. I like NBA, I like Martin Fresh Prince. i watch, you know, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, like I've watched everything. Partly because I had the time to after I got shot so I caught up on every Walking Dead. So, I have a lot of interests. And so, I'm a pretty normal person, but I also feel like I'm very versed in a lot of things. So, and I'm always, like I said earlier, people message me, strangers I've never even seen before. If somebody has any questions that's listening, I'm a very open book. So, you know.
1: Absolutely. And it was really wonderful hearing from you and having you share your story. I'm sure you are touching a lot of people and reaching a lot of people as you share. Oh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and for reaching out to me in general.
0: Thank you for having me. And thank you for replying because a lot of people, I don't, I don't, they don't believe me, but they don't reply, which they don't have to. But, you know, the people that do reply are always appreciated. So,
1: mm-hmm. when you did send your initial message, I was like, this is too much. This can't be true. And then, you know, I went on your page and everything and I was like, this is yeah, true.
0: People, you just look it up and be like, oh, okay, now I saw your article. I see them. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this wouldn't lie about this <laughs> so. I know
1: it just sounds so uh, insane that it but mm-hmm. it's
0: real so I, get it. I get it
1: well I want to quote you You said on the surviving 20s podcast that I really liked and I think it's a relatable quote You said on regarding police brutality and police violence You said you don't have to be shot to be angry at this like watching it or oh, yeah. seeing it yeah. which I think is so relevant everyone should feel some type of way about black people getting killed by police officers
0: i don't want to say if you're black you should be upset about it because if you're white you should be upset about it because it's not just a black problem it's just black people 40. but there are some white people that get shot and killed too i forget Mm -hmm. the lady's name but she was shot by a cop uh, like two years ago this is it's not even i don't want to say it's a race problem even though it is Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but it should be as a person problem it should be a morality Mm -hmm. problem it should be a police brutality problem but it's just that there's so many racist people in the world that Mm -hmm. it's it's a race issue So but at the end of the day, this is a society problem and hopefully we get to a spot where we can fix it. I have some negative views on it, so I'm not going to share it, but I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, but nothing really changes overnight. Like we're still dealing with racism 150, 400 years later Mm -hmm. and it's 150 years later. So it's going to take some time, but we've seen progress slow, but steady. So
1: yeah. I think this past year has helped a little bit. It's a mindset thing. More if Trump, concerned.
0: even more negative, but we see now America has hope because they, most people were able to see, enough people were able to see that Trump wasn't it. And so I believe that, you know, the country isn't too far gone to where, yeah, we elected Trump, but once we saw what we saw, we got him out. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's hope. There's and hope. I choose to believe that, even though I have some negative pains, but i'll mm-hmm. choose things will change well,
1: thank you i can't make you enough i'm just so open i just love how open you are with yeah. everything
0: yeah appreciate that
1: all right yeah. thank you phil thank you Thank you so much for listening. Hope to catch you in the next episode. All original music produced by Stubborn Soul. You can find him on all music listening platforms at S-T-B-R-N-S-A-L. Peace out!